0: You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is.
1: Drinking that gas, choosing and taking a chance, in the backseat of my Beamer. I put some cake on that ass, a little smoking Patron, now she back in her zone, we headed back to my home, she bringing her friends along, They little season's hot and ready, cut that ass like machete, dripping sauce like spaghetti. I'm a nightmare, no freddy. Feel get twisted like a remix. Bad bitch trying to show me her secrets. Yeah. She sucking and fucking in that Like She giving me brain like a genius. Got a shooter named LJ. LJ. And her bestie, my gangsta boo. They don't trip when I got a lead. Cause they know I got things to do. I'm the man in my city. Yeah. She ain't fucking with lanes. I went and trademarked that pussy. She paid me to scream her name. Let's go.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It is yours truly, the Lord. Ah, Nelson, that is the big guy with the bigger show. Yeah, I'm going bigger, man. I'm I'm going bigger, man. I've been having some great guests on my show, man. It's It's a lovely thing. I'm on the CMS Network. It's the Live and Live with the Lord podcast with Five Royals Entertainment. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a super special guest today. This young man is just doing work, man. He's just been handling business forever, and, and we're going to get back and get deeper into what he's doing and what uh, uh, all the things he's done in, in a previous life and this life here. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to be exciting, man. I'm telling you. So he's a producer, a director, an MC, a graphic designer, a videographer, a multi award winning artist, a great father, and one hell of a business man. <laughs> yeah. He's really on another level, and it's an honor to have him on my show. Ladies and gentlemen, I now introduce to you King Columbia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, we, we should call this the King of King, Lord of Lords edition. Hey, listen, that's what's up. I'm feeling you on that one, man. Thank you yeah. for being here, man. I'm truly honored, man. So let's get it started, and I always ask these same two questions to everybody. The first one is, okay. where are you from?
1: I am from the West Columbia, Lexington side of South Carolina.
2: <laughs> West, West Cola, the best Cola, as, as my man already Jordan said.
1: So. <laughs> I mean, we amazing. call it Columbia, but like it is it, borderline Columbia, Lexington. So it's just West Columbia. But yeah, over here in West Columbia.
2: I got you. I got you. So yeah. what's the best thing about being from there?
1: I would say actually the negativity it actually pushed me to go further like from the Mm -hmm. time that i came out from like the the late 90s to now like it was just kind of unaccepted here to have Mm -hmm. like a white rap artist i think having that kind of negativity actually drove me and motivated me to prove others wrong and go further to kind of prove my own city and peers so like i did not have a pleasant experience musically coming up from this side of town Mm -hmm. but it actually made me the artist I am. And it's crazy because I go out sometimes and I see people I went to school with or see people that made comments and stuff and they want to shake my hand or like buy me a drink. They're like, yo, I'm I'm proud of you. You never gave up. I see you with these celebrities. I see you doing this and that. So I think it kind of like, it had to take the hate to kind of mold me into who I am. So in a way, in a weird way, as painful as it was kind of coming up or as hard as it was, it actually made me who I am and I'm
2: thankful for it. Oh no, that's real, man. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. You know, you're you're uh, you're enjoying the fruits of your labor, and uh, once yeah. again, it's a beautiful thing, man. So I know that I first peeped you, you know, through your dope graphic design work. That's oh, when yeah. I first really, you know, uh, saw who you were, and I was just like, okay, this guy right here. I was just like, you're doing a lot of dope covers and things like that. So I was just like, man, who is this guy right here? So of course, I got in touch with you. And you did something for my son, and uh, oh yeah, I remember that. So I was that. Just like, yo, yeah, yes, yeah. So you've done a lot of things like that. So. What is it about graphic design that, that that excites you, that you enjoy so much?
1: You know, uh, and I was, I was having this conversation with a friend last night. I went and had some drinks with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I probably would have never gotten to music if my parents would have backed my passion of art. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to go to art school. I used to be able to draw. Like, I could draw your face and it looked just like you.
3: Right. And they
1: never really got behind it. They forced us to play sports. They forced us to do things that I wasn't interested in. And I right. think... Um, I remember it like yesterday. Like I I feel like the reason why I'm so good at graphic design is because my, my base started as trying to be an artist. Mm -hmm. I remember winning awards in elementary school, winning awards in middle school, and even being showcased at the South Carolina state fair for stuff that I drew. But I remember being on vacation. I want to say we were in outer banks or Virginia or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And my brother let me hear Eminem DMX. I think Big Timers, uh, Give Me a Project Chick. I think those three songs, <laughs> when I heard those three songs, I was like, I guess the rebellious part of me is like, you know, as a parent, I don't force my child to do anything. Like, I let him kind of pick his interests and then I get behind him. He plays mm-hmm. all the sports. I'm not a big baseball fan. He wants to play softball. Hey, that, that's on him. He plays basketball, too. Like, he, the things that he's into... I I try to embrace that as a parent, whereas I was more forced to do things. And I think whenever you shelter people, you're not going to really, I give my son the whole world and I just tell him what he can and can't do from it. And I think me being sheltered or being forced into certain situations kind of made me rebel and hearing the rebellious side of hip hop, which back then, you know, was super rebellious eighties, nineties and stuff. I, I would say like, that's why I'm still like a really good graphic designer because my roots were as an artist even though like i would say my introduction to music was at like 4 or 5 years old when i stole my mom's uh mc hammer and um print you know what's crazy i i i i hold this cassette tape right here the hammer TV. i mean the hammer i right, look i hold this on my studio just to kind of remind myself where i came from people laugh about that but you know what i remember being 5 years old and uh just seeing this man on tv and uh the way he was dancing and stuff, I'm not really a dancer or nothing like that, but just to see him rap and do this stuff, and then I remember the Prince, uh the Prince, uh I forget the name of the tape, but the one that had one Doves Cry.
2: Whoa. And
1: um then I had the Ninja Turtle soundtrack that had hammer and vanilla <laughs> ice on there. And see people laugh about that stuff, but like they forget like uh you know what what might be perceived as corny now was like that was that was a that was door opening. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I'm a, I'm a super huge uh, Hammer fan and I actually got the chance to, uh, you know, go backstage and meet uh, Vanilla Ice back in July and stuff. Super humble dude and stuff right. like that. And it's like, you know, they're not really one hit wonders, man. That's one thing about me. Natalak from here, he dubbed me the SC hip hop historian because most of the time I do these interviews. Yeah. I know so much about hip hop. Like we could talk anywhere from Tupac to the Murder, Inc., G-Unit. Like, like, I know so much stuff about hip-hop and just, like, knowing Hammer's catalog or uh, Vanilla Ice's catalog all the way up to, like, DMX's catalog or right. uh, or Tupac's catalog. Like, I studied hip-hop and just, I remember that being the foundation of... I got this cassette tape. I remember turning on the TV when we had MTV and it actually was music. music. And seeing You Can't Touch This Too Legit to Quit... I thought Too <laughs> Legit to Quit was the hardest for that time period that was the hardest music video i ever saw and if you ever remember the uh two to quit video the fire shooting shooting up and the people appear and it disappear but back in like 90 91 that we didn't have graphics like that popping up in music videos and stuff so it always amazed me watching um hammer and this is a little off topic i got into a little debate with somebody the other day you know how they have the instagram versus like three six mafia versus uh Bone thugs or they right, had right, like right. Yeah. I, I told somebody if Michael Jackson was still alive and they did a verses with Hammer, Hammer would cut his ass.
3: And <laughs> I'm not talking,
1: I'm not talking about on a music tip. Because like me and you, if if, if we study dancing in like two weeks, we could do some of Michael's moves. But Hammer, that right. was an Olympic right. athletic workout. I remember Prince Ice telling me <laughs> when he DJ's the Coliseum. He had, like, four dudes holding a table, walking down the steps to the uh, stage. Right. And that man was rapping and spinning and scissor-kicking and all that. There'll never be another entertainer as great as Hammer in my mind. So, like, <laughs> it, 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 even though I do darker, sometimes even gangster hip-hop, I kind of, like, I feel like I'm more of an energetic artist because I was introduced to artists like Hammer, Eminem, Tupac, DMX. DMX was crunk before there was crunk. You know what I mean? So, like... So was Hammer. Hammer, like, get buck, get buck. Like, I just like real energetic music. Like, I never really got into Jeezy. I never really got into Biggie. And I'm not saying that they're bad artists. I just, if the voice didn't have that energy to me, and the beat didn't have that energy to me, I just, I want to feel the passion and the energy and the emotion in the voice, but I also want to hear it in the beat also. So that's kind of like, when you listen to my music, it's more energetic and high paced.
2: Oh, uh, man, it's love, man, because, you know, I'm gonna, listen, I was going to ask you about your style of of, of being a, a, a graphic artist, man, but you you're don't you went into the music, man, you know, deeply and heavily, and I love it, I love it. Well, because, like, I
1: started off as a, a, I mean, I've always done art, but mm-hmm. I use, and this is what people don't understand, like, being signed to Little Rue through the Capitol and Def Jam thing, being up wow. under, like, labels, they never got me my connections with, um, these celebrities, either I approach them wanting a feature, right. or I approach them with my artwork or my studio that I'm sitting in. And yes. luckily I was able to be good and talented enough, you know, and I even took myself through college to learn some of the studio stuff, uh right here in um Columbia at the jam room.
3: Jam room yeah. And
1: I'm able to do barters and trades with a lot of people, like a lot of these big artists, they come into town, they don't want to go to a big studio, they don't want to go yeah. in the hood. I got a private studio in my house. Right. It's low key. It's perfect. No one knows where I stay at. I don't put the address out there. You got to be in the circle to even book in my studio. So I think that like really the graphic design and the studio really play a hand in how I'm able to maneuver so quickly. You see me back to back with these celebrities is because it's not just my rapping. It's me able to offer like a one-stop shop for these artists. And I'm good at each. It's hard to like be good at like, one thing more or less two or three but i feel like i'm equally good as you've heard my music you've heard or you see my artwork and stuff like that and i'm sure if you heard my music you've heard my 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 engineering and my um studio mixes and stuff like that so i feel like i'm really well balanced and i use it all to my advantage and stuff and one thing uh kind of off topic that i want to bring up as we're talking about this Mm -hmm. i think the smartest thing i could do and i tell this to every artist i sign I bring them through every DJ that I know or every OG rap artist and I make them do a song with them. And they're like, well, I don't know them or that's before my time that made that separated me from other white rappers. A lot of white rappers rapped in groups of other white rappers, which Mm -hmm. I did consider that culture vulting. I'm like, this is a black man's, this is a black man's sport. And I came in wanting to prove myself to the black crowd, same as Eminem or like some before me, Yes. But I went through every OG in South Carolina that I could to get on my first big album. Not my first album, but like my first big album under Little Rue's label. I, I got anywhere from TD to Don, 48 Yachty. I even brought Dave Vine back, back. Jim Star, Golden Child, uh, Marvelous. Uh, right? Anybody that I, even Rue was on the album, Collar Green, uh, Little Bride. <laughs> I tried to go through the people that I felt really made this state hip-hop-wise, and I try to get them on my first album and stuff. So I feel like, you know, paying homage is a really big thing. And some people are going to consider it dick riding or whatever, but you know what? You know how many connections, and I'm able – I quit my job in 2010 working management at Best Buy to right. just say I'm an entrepreneur this. I'm going I'm to go full-time musician. I've been rapping since 98 up to 2010. I said, you know what? I'm not working another day in my life. I'm doing this full-time.
3: Absolutely. And I made
1: a plan. The one thing Natalak says is every time you say you do something and you plan it out, I know within the next one to two to three years, you're going to call me and tell me you've done it. Yeah, you So I, I set these goals for myself and I make it happen. And I feel like a lot of artists lack that motivation or they give up on, they'll put a record out, they'll share it for a couple of weeks or a couple months. And then they, I've never lacked that motivation. I'm, you know, when you see me winning an award and stuff, I don't do mixtapes. I drop an album every two years
3: wow. and I'm
1: winning awards off of stuff. That's two years prior to mm-hmm. what I do now. So even though I'm doing commercial music and crump music, there's still a hip hop element. Like Prince Ice tells me all the time, I can hear the bars. I can hear the wordplay. Even if you try to water it down in a commercial radio aspect, like I can still hear your MC roots in there. So I try to combine a bunch of styles. and just, I'm trying to make the <laughs> graphics, the music, and the studio work for me, man, because like if if you don't have it, then like like what you got, you know. You're doing that though,
2: man. You yeah. listen, you are you are letting you are letting it be known and shown, man. And, and and once again, that's why I wanted you on here, because you you yeah. got so many layers to what you do, and you got to answer some of the other questions we're gonna get to, and I'm gonna ask them again because yeah. it's just beautiful <laughs> how you just roll it into it, man, and I love it. Yeah. So so really, you know, talking about the music, you are one of the top tier artists from the Carolinas and you have recorded with some big names in the game. So what was it about hip-hop that captured your attention and energy?
1: Really kind of going back to that Hammer tape, and I just heard, it the it, it like, coming home from, like, kindergarten and seeing we got to pray just to make it today, <laughs> and here time. come the Hammer. Like, and then seeing, uh, seeing, uh um, Really, I grew up in a, I think what makes me a better artist than a lot of people, some people get in my car, they're like, why are you playing Madonna? Why are you playing pop? Why are you playing this rock music? Why are you playing like Marilyn Manson or whatever? I'm like, you know what? I have a very wide range, even though I only make rock, I mean rap music, I have a very wide range yeah, yeah. of music I listen to. And yeah, I kind of yeah. like, I listen to how they record their instruments or how they layer their instruments or how yeah. even... Even in rock, per se, or pop, like, I listen to how they layer or stack their vocals and certain effects, and I'll kind of combine that into my rap stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I take, you know, if you just go strictly to a rap studio, there's a couple in Columbia I'm not going to name, but, you know, the strictly rap studios, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're only getting one dynamic from that. But, like, Mm -hmm. me, me being trained and working at the jam room, I got to see so many styles and bands and you know from jazz to rock to heavy metal to rap and R&B and learn how to record that and you know I kind of use that and kind of even though if I don't make that particular music there's styles and things I've learned from that to put into my music so that's why I feel like that kind of separates me from other artists around here is I'm well versed and even with my management because I manage artists I'm able to take myself as an artist out of the equation for the best of my artists and even if I don't like like that style of music per se. I'm able to listen to it enough to know that when my artist records it, it's good for that type of genre because I'm not closed-minded. I might not like 21 Savage or any of the mumble raps, but I listen to it enough to educate myself. So when someone records with me or I sign somebody that wants to rap like that, I can say, hey, you're doing it correctly and this sounds good for that genre. I don't I'm I'm sure as an artist yourself, you probably have asked your friends, how do you feel about this? Cause in your head you're like, I could have did better. My vocals aren't the way I hear them in my head, and they're like, no, it's good. It's good. Your friends are always gonna tell you it's good. I want to know what the public thinks. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I think having a wide range of influences and stuff kind of comes into it because you learn like different singing dynamics or. I'm not a singer, but it sounds like I can sing on some songs because I've learned how to manipulate my voice and manipulate the stacks and stuff. That's something that's gone away from hip hop too. I hear that they don't really stack anymore. A lot of people come in here and one-on-one take it. And I'm like, it just kind of takes the dynamics away because there's certain things and effects that I can do with the voice if I have a couple layers on it. Right. I can still make it sound like one voice, but there's certain effects that like panning and stuff like that that artists don't understand. Like they want to come in here and lay down one layer and they're like, make me sound like this. Well, I'm like. I'm listening to that artist and I'm like, I can tell even Jay-Z sometimes. I can tell he's got more than one layer on his vocal. It might be down real low. I'm like, they don't understand that. It gives it even, it gives it like a thickness and a warmthness that, you know, (laughs) are then certain, like, you want to separate the hook from the verse. Sometimes you're going to need some stacks on there and stuff and a lot of artists don't understand that. They just want to come into studios and say, make me sound like this. And this is before like, college i remember going to school and taking the earbuds off my walkman and throwing them out and i took my studio headphones i'd be on the bus holding the headphones really loud i'd even like download acapellas to like my favorite rap songs and i would hold it to my ear real tight so i couldn't hear no background noise on the bus and i wanted to hear how they would stack and pan at an early age so i was already figuring a lot of that stuff out like okay they're ins and outs, they're doing two of those and they're painting them hard left, hard right, or they got like multiple stacks or they're going up under it with a deeper voice or a higher pitched voice. And I've learned that just from studying acapellas before I even went to college to learn any of this. I think a lot of people want to just get right into the music and right into record and they don't really know what they're doing. And I think kind of coming from like an era that we came from, we didn't really have help like YouTube or we oh, yeah. didn't have... Um, affordable schools to go to you have full sale and stuff like that now you got local audio institutes and stuff that's more affordable to teach you but we had to like get it out the mud coming up like i remember going online begging on forums like how can i get a program to record how can i do this like coming from cassette tapes to like wanting to do everything on the computer and not a lot of people wanted to help i had to figure it out on my own and stuff and now like these artists are so blessed to just go on youtube or go ask a question on Facebook and get a reply from people to teach them how to do it. And we did not have that coming up.
2: Not at we did all, not have man. that. Yo, man, you listen, this guy, ladies and gentlemen, right here, he's he, he giving your, you guys a lot of information and he's really being thorough with it, man. I love it, but I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. You said something earlier, man, and, and it's a thing, a term that I have, and it's called no genre or I am not with, with snobbing of genres, I love all genres. Yeah. And just like you said, if, if the song is yeah. hot to me, it's hot. It's just really yeah. that simple. So when you're going into into that, listening to different songs and different, and it's a beautiful thing, man. That's why I say I applaud yeah. you, man. I, I I love that you said that. I I try to yeah. make people really understand that there's so much music to enjoy, no matter what genre it is. You can find greatness in all genres, man. So I really appreciate you saying that, man. I love that because that's one of my things yeah. definitely that man, well, you I stand think- on.
1: all all music kind of borrows from each other too. If you really like, if you really think about it, like hip hop especially has sampled and taken from all forms of music and stuff. So, you know, um, I I feel like another important thing to touch on outside of just me as as an artist, what I'm doing is the best thing I did was go to the Audio Institute and learn the business side, learn about, you know, how to, get a performing rights thing and how to do the publishing and, you right. know, how to uh, copyright and trademark. I own the trademark for Columbia. Mm-hmm. I allow the show to use it right. and stuff um, within reason. And, you know, a lot of people get mad about that. Like, who's the little white boy think he is? He, he don't own the Columbia. I'm like, well, you know, to according to the government, uh, I've been <laughs> using this since, since 1998. So, right. you know, then you go back to my, go back to my MySpace. It says Columbia on my MySpace. <laughs> so, like, I mean... A lot of people don't like the fact that it came from like a little white rapper, bro. But at the end of the day, I mean, hey, and I, I'm opening interviews to say, hey, me and my neighbor came up with that. He was in a rock band. Actually, he was like in a screamo band. Mm-hmm. And he just said Columbia one day. And I'm like, can I use this? And he was like, sure, I don't care. I, don't, I ain't doing nothing with it. Right. So like every interview I always give my homeboy, Wes, um, his name was Wesley. I used to call him Wes Craven just because uh-huh. he was like in, into that dark screamo stuff, so yeah, just giving him the name but anyway, uh he kind he kind of dubbed the name Columbia, but I legally ran with it with his blessing mm-hmm. and stuff, so we kind of just sitting here messing around in the studio and just kind of threw the name out and we've been using the name since like 98 99 somewhere in there oh,
3: man, it's business. but that's, that's love bad.
1: so learning the business yeah, is very that. important yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah l- learning the business and the paperwork, the split sheets I see a lot of artists get dropped from labels or they don't work out locally and like oh someone stole my money or they didn't promote me or this and that i've had to cut artists and they're like you're not a real manager you didn't promote me i'm like you signed an artist development contract and you signed an album development contract as well as a social media management i told you from day one i'm not a promoter right that's a booking that's a booking agent i told you you need to get your own street team and you need to like artists really Especially locally, and this is not a negative thing to say, but a lot of them are spoon fed or just want the person behind them to do all the work. I'm giving you the records on a silver platter. I'm letting you use my celebrity connections. There's no reason why you should not win, but you got to get your butt out there, shake hands, put, put up fly, in, put the flyers up, put the posters up. We go out. In the, the work we're, we're in every state from Tennessee to Georgia to uh, North Carolina to. Uh, South Carolina, sometimes Florida, we're still putting up posters and stickers. And I know we're in a more digital world, but you still see our posters and flyers everywhere. We're still flooding the streets. Every time there's a big event, we go put them under the windshield wipers and all that stuff. Like, I don't see a lot of artists doing that. But, you know, when I made a trip to Atlanta a couple like a month or two ago, you still see that in Atlanta. There's posters and flyers everywhere and artists just here in, in Columbia, South Carolina. Unfortunately, I don't see that drive with them anymore. You need to go downtown and see who's really moving everywhere right everywhere like posting on Facebook and social media is cool but like when you get out and you gotta think there's a lot of people that just get on social media to post themselves and get off they don't really look around but if they keep seeing your poster or flyer I'm tired of seeing this dude. I'm about to click his stuff Let me and check, check him out. Going him. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So like, I want to see artists like work harder and like promote harder. I think a lot of artists don't understand, you know, every time I do something, like I was with P. D. Pablo a couple weeks at the Hornet Stadium. It's just a picture. I knew I was going to get a couple hundred likes off my social media. I still put a Facebook and Instagram ad behind it to everything i do i promote i don't care if i'm having dinner somewhere i take a picture of the plate i still put an ad behind it because i want people to see that i'm active and i'm doing stuff all the time you have to almost be an entertainer sometimes like outside of being an entertainer like you know what i mean like i'm just now getting to where i get my son to do funny videos and stuff with me and i put them up just to kind of you know if you just throw your music and tag people all the time, they're gonna get bored and they're gonna know, delete yeah. you or un- yeah. But right. if you give them a combination of stuff and show them you're a real person and you do stuff and it's interesting, then you know I think people can relate to you if you show them the personal side of you.
2: You you just said once again you said so so many things and and one of my my homeboys he's from Atlanta and he had started his own record label up here and he had a few artists with him and they just didn't mm-hmm. get it. And they really didn't get it. So he was just like, man, I'm done with this, man. Because he was like, man, these these South Carolina artists, they just really don't get working together and doing the thing. And just like you, he had given them everything on a platter. But they thought, you know, from watching this and watching that and seeing other artists, they thought that was, I can have that, or I want this right here. And he was just trying to tell them, like, hey, that's not the way it works, man. You you guys got to understand and pay attention. And he was giving them, he was shooting videos for them. He was doing it all. And they still didn't get it. They, just, they you know, just wanted to do it their way, and 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 as I told him, you know, they didn't understand that they're still right now. They're still doing the same thing they were doing before they got to him. But when they got with him, you know, their views went up. Their whatever because he was putting money by. Yeah. You know, they didn't understand
3: they it. Yeah. It's
2: more
1: about the money, and you know, uh, I get artists that are so talented, and they don't know how to dress. My wardrobe is more important than my music. And I'm gonna tell you why. People see before they hear. So you, the artwork the artwork's got to look good i'm not saying go spend all your money on a diamond watch or a diamond chain i'm not saying yes. that but you got to start off small but like my wardrobe is probably the most effective part of who i am because when i walk out in public i i don't look like a normal person like right. you can just automatically tell he's somebody and so i think artists need to put more it's not the 90s no more no one's signing you off your talent Like it's, it's a popularity thing now. So I don't, I I get, when I drop artists and it's hard to like, I'll outwrap you. I'll outwrap anybody in your label. All right. Well then why are you not where I'm at? You know what I mean? So right.
3: Right.
1: You know, most managers typically take 15 to 25%. -hmm. I take 50, I take, I take 51%. That sounds like a lot, but they get the studio time free. They get the mixing and mastering free. They get the graphic design free. They get the uh, photography free. And I'm more like a DJ Khaled, Dr. Dre, Little John. I have my hand in the pot with the beat selection and how we're going to approach the song. Not saying none of my artists can't rap because all of them can, but there's sometimes I'll throw them hooks just because my hook game is really good or I'll kind of re I'll reword some of their stuff. Cause I'm like, it's dope. This song is a banger, but the hook sounds like a verse. Let me kind of make it more repetitive for you or something like that. So I'm really involved in the project. So 51% sounds, like a lot but when you look at everything i'm giving with it a manager is not supposed to pay for studio time a manager is not supposed to pay for photography or graphics a manager is just supposed to guide you guide you where you're going but i give all this up front you can pay me hourly and we'll go down on the uh, percentage or i'll just give you everything up front i'll front it to you i hate to use the term but like the dope game i'm gonna front it to you you're gonna go out there and sell it and you're gonna bring it back and then we're gonna front it to you again you're gonna go out there and sell it and bring it back but you know different ways of doing music you know what works for me might not work for you or what might not work for your son or might not work for you know another artist like the the way I promote myself versus like my Tennessee artist, I can't promote myself the same way I can't promote him the same way I promote myself you know what I mean so but I think a lot of artists jump on that 50 50 deal because they're like oh I get all this studio time I get all this stuff and I'm like, you still got to do the work. And it I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, when when we get into arguments over royalties, like, again, like, I try to sit down like a baby with the contract and explain it to them. But every time I drop somebody, you're stealing my royalties. You're taking my publishing. Up. Bro, you didn't pay for none of this. You wrote some of the music, maybe 90% of the music you wrote. I might have helped you with this and that. But just the labels music, you're still entitled to your percentage, but you know again, like I said, fifty sounds like a lot, but if you look at what I'm giving how many how many managers offer the graphics that I offer to that nice. magnitude or skill level or the uh studio, and I get them a lot of celebrity features that they could never afford, like yeah, yeah. you know you know there's people like you know bizarre from d twelve or like. Le Chat, Project Pat, Little White from Six Mafia. If they want to track with one of them, if they DM them, they're gonna get a certain price. But right. if they let go through me, I'm getting it for like the homeboy price or doing a trade, like, hey, I'm gonna do these graphics or I'm gonna mix this or that for you. Will you throw me this verse? Right. But it's like 50% sounds like a lot. And it is, but when you look at what's given, it's actually more fair. You know what I mean? Because I'm doing Dude. the major I'm doing the majority of the work for them and I do all their paperwork and filing for them and stuff. And stuff. So at the end of the day, a lot of artists don't even know how to do their paperwork. Oh That's man, the crazy it's, it's, part
2: about it—it's just awesome, man. Because I had a conversation—I just had a conversation with my man last night about the same thing. Because they were really—he and his partner at the time—they were doing the same thing. They were really yeah. just—they had that—that that idea, and um, you know, trying to bring them along and trying to have these guys work as a team and understand that it takes a team. Uh, you know, of, of individuals that make this stuff work, and you just can't get out there and do yeah. it by yourself like that. They think they oh, can't, no. but but they can't. But um, <clears throat> let me say this, and, and I'm gonna pause I'm not gonna, you know what? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Hold on one second. So man, you produce and rap. Which do you like more, and why?
1: I will say, you see this keyboard in front of me? I have celebrity friends that makes beats now, so I rarely produce as much as you think I do. Mm. Um, it's more of like a hobby at this point because I got like billboard charting producers and people that enjoy it. I feel like my beat style is a little outdated compared to today's sound because mm. I'm older. Okay. I'm 36, so like I-, I would probably fall in between the whole... 2005 to 2015 production style. So I feel like if I was really going to get hardcore into producing again, I'd have to modernize with today's sound like Migos and like, and that's not really, I I would rather hire somebody this every now and then you'll hear me produce a track for one of my artists or myself, but this is more of like a therapy thing now, you know, like I got, uh, I'll move the phone. You know, I got the, um, um, Native Instruments thing, but I also have the Yamaha Motif and the Rolling yeah, Phantom, and these, yeah, yeah. and they, and they used to, they used to be DJ Nine Mills. Those are the ones that made Little Rue's hits. Those are the ones that made the nasty song and Don't I Look mm-hmm. Good and all those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, even if I quit producing, that's South Carolina history right there because those are the, those are the actual boards that made Little Rue's hits right there. So I'm keeping those. Even if I ever quit, like, hey, we're not making no more beats, no more. That's a part of my history, your history, anybody from South Carolina's history. Those are some of the biggest records that come out of South Carolina. And I'm I was able to purchase the keyboards from him to um, have as my collection.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. So you being an artist, so please describe your style and give us some of your music. Well, you know what? I don't even want to go there. You want, no, no, I do want to go
1: there. No, I I'll tell you straight up. Uh, I you know I had someone tell me one time my record wasn't good because. I have a different voice on every song. Mm-hmm. I might have that Eminem r- rapping in my regular voice, doing lyrical stuff.
3: Yes. But then
1: I have that l- little boozy down south kind of voice. Then I then I'm able to like uh deepen my voice to like stack how I sing Ja Rule, Timberland, yes. and Nate Dogg. I sound like a white Nate Dog sometimes. And then I've recently, I'd say in the last four years, broke my voice to where I can scream, not like a rock scream but like, I sound like a white Pastor Troy, a white mystical and I've been like doing the ad, yeah, so like when, you know when people hear my record, especially like a lot of black folks, they're like, you don't sound like no white rapper bro, like I ain't never heard, I remember we did a video with Pastor Troy and I got a torn up throat right now, I probably can't do it live, but I was like well, uh like I can't do it right now but like when he heard that and it was just like his, because I did it at the same time in the music video, he did it he looked at me and he's like, I ain't never seen a white boy match my voice just like that. You know what I mean? So uh, I was able, I can't do it right now because my esophagus got, is torn up. I've been ha- having some health issues with that, you know, and it might be from overly screaming and stuff, but uh, yeah. if you if you listen to the records, you'll hear me do it and you're like, dang, that sound like a white mystical right there, you know what I mean? Um, but like, rapping with like Little Rue, Pastor Troy and Petey Pablo, like I try to be a chameleon. So every song is different. I rap a different style in every song. Like some songs are poppy. Some are like strip club songs. Some are real gangster. And I'm like, I got that, maybe not that scream, but I got like a growl, like a rough voice. And then I got like hip hop songs where I'm rapping in my regular voice. And then I've been doing this deeper thing, like the song Jumanji, the movie soundtrack song I did with Renny Rucci and Petey Pablo. Right. I'm doing more of like a monotone, current sounding thing. So I want to be very versatile. So like you don't if like if like a lyrical rapper wants to book me for a feature,
3: yeah.
1: I'm gonna be able to come with the bars, but I'm a I'm gonna rap in like a hip hop flow and cadence. But if right. someone wants a crunk record, they want someone like screaming like little John, or I hate to say like six nine, because he had that real crunk yeah. voice and stuff, I'm able to do that. And I can sing a little bit too. So like, you know, I, I did a song called Tats on Her Body on VHD, my Tennessee artist's
3: new That's record. Right.
1: And I'm (laughs) I'm singing tats on the body and I think they have, but I'm doing it like in my singing voice and stuff. But uh, so there's multiple voices I have and I get compliments for that. But now also people tell me I'm throwing too much stuff at them in a record, but I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to keep doing that because I'm different on every single song. You, You know, you might not like this particular record and that might've turned you off from the whole album, but there's something else on there that you might like and i got different voices and i learned that from like listening to different artists like i said putting the headphones up and how they stack and how they change their voices and stuff so every record i i, I rap different or have a different tone or um some kind of like different thing that i do with my voice
3: yeah. you can
1: tell it's me but it's just different you look through my catalog it'll sound different each yeah. one
2: I just I, I just feel you because I I can just remember doing an album with my my boys lives in, in France and they were just like the same thing. They were just like, I was like, man, I just vibe to the music. I vibe yeah. to what, what, what's what's playing with the music, man. That's what that's what I do. And so yeah, I do different things. That's just who I am. So, so young man. Next question is, do you prefer a certain region or is it just all about hip hop to you?
1: region as in like regions of
2: music or yeah, like you got honest. like this you got the south you got you got the west you got up top you, you know you know it's you know what's crazy like
1: <laughs> when i when, when i first started recording i wanted to be like eminem and like like right. dmx i wanted to be like lyrical right okay but i fell in love with like west coast music so mm. even being from being from south carolina i didn't really get into like cash money or no limit i didn't get i remember my i I remember my cousin getting the little john cd and like hating it now i love it like i love crump music i I do crump music now but i was so big into like i want to be the next dr dre tupac is my idol death row was the greatest label ever like (laughs) like um i would say like west coast and midwest like and not even just like Eminem, like what he did with the whole shady camp during that time period. Like right. Obi Trice, oh, people don't give Obi Trice the credit. Like he's nasty. Like that whole record. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of New York music. I mean, people laugh what all they want when I say I'm a Jaw Rule fan, but. Lyrically, he murdered 50 cents. Lyrically, Ja, ja Rule, nasty. He's wrote some hits to some of y'all's favorite rappers that of y'all don't know. Y'all, y'all pick on Ja Rule, but he wrote some hits to some of y'all's favorite rappers even currently. Like the man, his pen game ain't nothing to mess with, man. People I forget really these. You think, y'all think about the little love songs, but I mean, he had some hard street hitters of back course. in the you know, Can I Get A was his song, and Jay Z begged to get it. So, like, if you heard on that versus. Bad Joe's like you can't perform this. He's like I wrote it. I can't. Like how many people can say they ghost wrote for right, right. <laughs> Ja, ja Roll can you know what I mean? So I mean it, it's like a little a little bit of New York, yeah. Mostly Midwest, mm-hmm. like Detroit, Detroit area. I'm a huge Royce the Five Nine fan. So like That's when you. I was wanting to be wanting to be an MC, Royce the Five Nine, Eminem, Obi Trice, yeah, you and definitely
2: the Detroit, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But like now, now it's more like the last few years I've embraced like where I'm from and like, I okay. think it took time to little rue and like seeing little Rue's crump movement and kind of yeah. graduate to the singing rapping. Uh, now, like, I want to be like a little John, I want to be a DJ Khaled or Dr. Dre. So mm-hmm. I'm slowly transitioning to making less music, mm-hmm. even though I'm putting more music out. If you've noticed my songs has less of me on it, I'll do a hook and a verse, mm-hmm. but I'll try to take two or three big, Celebrity artists and put them on one song. So I'm trying right. to make anthems. So you have like Jumanji, King Columbia, Rennie Rucci, and P.D. Pablo right. with the R&B hook from Cristal. But then you got Freaky with King Columbia, Project Pat, Gangsta Boo, and Lindsey Jennings, and she's an EDM rapper. People right. weren't expecting that. Yeah. Then you know my my Columbia anthem that came out in 2013 or 14. Yeah. I went through and tried to get every top Columbia. I mean a Columbia artist, uh, artist, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. You know, I had so many rappers mad at me and I'm not going to say the names because like it just is what it is. I had a lot of OGs mad at me. They weren't on the song. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if you go back in your inbox, i reached out to you. But if you look at the formula, it's a seven and seven minute, 45 second song.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I have an anti up anthem beat with a R&B hook. Right. And then if you look at the first half of the song, it's me. Mr. Flip, Little Bride, Lili Bad Bad, Jim Starr Golden Child, yeah. Dave Von. So I did a commercial rapper, a crunk rapper, a street rapper, a female spitter, a lyricist, and an OG. Now, yeah. when you flip flop it to the second half of the song, Little Rue, TD to Don, 48 Yachty, Jasmine Phoenix, Marvelous, and Natalak, a commercial yeah. rapper, a crunk rapper, a street rapper, a female spitter,
3: yeah.
1: a lyricist, and an OG. I couldn't put everybody on the song because they no you know, the genres were already filled. Like Y'all mad y'all not on the song, but you didn't look at the formula of what I did. That's why I say I have the best anthem that ever came out because I covered every genre of hip hop really on great. that one song. I didn't get just who was popular. Yeah. I got every genre, a female spitter, a lyricist, a crunk rapper, a street rapper, a commercial sounding artist with the R&B hook and mixed it all in together.
2: Right. I know, love it. So there's, there's formulas behind what I do stuff. Ah, you handle your business most definitely. So who's been the best artist you've worked with? And it could be bigger artists or local artists, whatever. Just who's been that artist that you were like, it, it was a joy to work with this individual.
1: There's more than one. Can I say more than one? Of course, of course. I remember getting off the bus, watching 106 in Park, and for the first time, north carolina go on and raise up i'd say like i had that poster on my wall and just hanging out with him last week or whatever being able to like talk to him and do songs with him. people don't get they kind of write him off as like a commodity and stuff because they think he's like a mascot rapper but if you listen to his album there's like hardcore gangster songs there's pain songs he had he had gospel songs on there like pd pablo like he never flopped he just went to jail you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he never right. like just didn't not sell but uh just i remember they had the remix for raise up and they say south carolina on there and just hearing that
3: mm-hmm.
1: at a young age and never hearing south carolina represented right. other than like collar green uh, collar green and little root, but they were still yeah. kind of local at the time you right. know what i mean right but i would say that and then um i haven't really worked with ja rule but going on tour with him just how yeah. humble he was and like when i told him you know, your Blood In My Eye album got me through high school and just like the knowledge that he embraced upon me and the contact that he gave me. And now, like, I'm actually in the video of him and DMX having their reunion after their beef. Right, I was. In between it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, that's yeah. A, that was a moment in hip hop. And he actually ripped it off my Instagram page and put it on his page. I've got <laughs> right. ton, he's got tons of views. I'm like, but I was there in a moment because they right. went through that bad beef with Eminem and Fifty. Yeah. Remember, D- him, right. And remember DMX them And I was there in the moment for their reunion. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh I would say like working with him was like or meeting him was like probably like a check off the list. But I would say, you know, who I work with the most and who shows me the most love. Really La Chat from
3: 360 Mafia. She yeah.
1: she she <laughs> she just brought Crunchy Black to me. Yeah. She, uh, uh i i did um i do the distribution for their album i do a lot of her social media stuff and Mm -hmm. verification and some of her publishing i do a lot of her publishing but she always just shouts me out today's king columbia's birthday let me post a picture of me and him like she equally promotes me and stuff like and then you know she just got signed by juicy j i mean i know that they're all like together but juicy j's got a separate thing so She about to sky she about to skyrocket back up there she yeah, wanted to do yeah, I don't care what nobody you can bring up Queen Latifah MC Light you can bring up whoever Le Chat, one of the nastiest <laughs> female rappers I would not want to cross her I don't care what nobody says like Le Chat, Le Chat, nasty like yeah. I would like her 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 cadence her flow her just like her whole hood style and just yes you believe what she's saying like you it ain't like it ain't no gimmick like when when she talks gutter, you feel like she really gonna fuck you up. Like but when, I, when you, I love
2: but what did you say before though? It's about that look also. Yeah, she's got that look that matches what she's talking about. It's not like you know, yeah. she's believable. She's believable, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Most yeah. definitely. I'm sorry for cutting you but off like
1: that. Okay. No, no, but that's like my sis. I talked to her yesterday. I talked to her every every day. I do a lot of her mm-hmm. graphics. And I'll tell you that the last one is bizarre from D12, just being a huge Eminem fan and uh, a D12 fan, just a whole Shady Records fan and just reaching out to him and him showing me love and uh, allowing me to be his graphic designer. And he brought me up. He brought me up to Detroit eight mile last Halloween, not this Halloween, but Halloween before for his Mm -hmm. album release party and just going up there and kicking it in his house and just having breakfast with him in the morning and just, He even told me, I remind him of like, he's like, you remind me of a young Marshall Mathers. Like you do everything. Like you do, you want to be in control of the engineering, the paperwork, you know, like that's how Eminem is. He micromanages everything. He's like, that's rare that an artist does. Most artists just write and they go in the studio and somebody else does it for him. To see somebody have control over everything and be good at it, he told me that I reminded him of a young Marshall Mathers. And like, to me as a white rapper, that was a big compliment to get from him Mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, like Bazaar's my brother, LaChat's my sister. I talk to them daily, daily.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: but, well, you, know, well they, you just you just said what you said, which which leads me into my next question, which is a good segue. I love it. I love it when it yeah. rolls like that. So you're a photographer, yeah. a videographer too. And so with what you just said, how hard has it been to wear so many hats and and not feel like you're neglecting I, the um, aspects of your business?
1: I gave up uh I gave up doing the video stuff oh did you um okay. yeah i can't i can't juggle all that okay okay the, I, I was wondering um, that's why i asked the
2: question
1: um the photography it really was never for a public thing mm-hmm. now i will like if someone pays me or asks like yeah will you do my cd cover and they send me cell phone pictures and they're just crap i'm like you know you throw me another 75 or 50 or whatever you know depending on the type I do have a full photography set up here with the umbrellas and the backdrop, but I only learned photography not to be a photographer, so I <laughs> did not have to pay I, so I did not have to pay a photographer so like <laughs> I got the solid white backdrop. I take yeah. the pictures of me and my artist, I cut them out, I put them into the graphic
3: yeah.
1: layer it, and I didn't have to I didn't have to pay for a photographer, <laughs> you know, so it's really the photography is really more for the graphic design than me saying. I want to be known as a photographer. Now, have I won awards for photographer of the year and stuff like that? Yes. But the photography goes really toward the graphic design. Every now and then I like I've done photo shoots for Mr. Flip or Little Rue outdoors and like, you know, for friends and certain people and certain requests, or like, you know how it is being in music, a gig worker. You don't always make the same amount. So if there's ever like a dry month, I'll push the photography if the graphics ain't selling that month or whatever. But I just it ain't my passion to be a photographer or video I person. I'll, I only do it to be good enough at it to where I can take your picture professionally, cut you out, yeah. and put you on that CD cover. And we eliminated you paying seventy five, one hundred and fifty to somebody else. And um, it just—it's more hand to hand with the graphic design.
2: Man, this dude right here, man, I'm telling you, I love it. I—I I, I really love it, man. You just speaking—you just speaking some realness, man. And we can like continue <laughs> on with. We're going to move on to this right here, because I want to ask this right here, because you got to be excited, man. I mean, we're, we're yeah. on it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm enjoying <laughs> hey, nothing it. Let's I go. Mean, I really let's am. Go. So, yeah, Columbia, the yeah. series. So who yeah. inspired this entertaining series? Okay, so
1: I have a habit of every month, I search the hashtag Columbia, and I find out who's using it, and I mm-hmm. shut them down, because I own the trademark. I can literally right. pull the trademark out. Right. And I saw that I saw that Big Pa was shooting the show mm-hmm. and I first hit him and told him, like, yo, I'm about to shut this down. Y'all can't use it. But I felt like it would be good for the city. It looked mm-hmm. professional. We worked out a little trade. I let them use the name Columbia. Mm-hmm. The show's called Columbia USA, not Columbia.
3: Right. But
1: uh I let them use the name. They let me cameo in some stuff. They put my music in there and I was mm-hmm. doing the graphics for them. There's some other things going on right now I can't really speak about with that, but uh, hopefully that it gets resolved and stuff. But uh, that's the deal with that. I've appeared in a couple episodes as
3: a detective, detective, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they played my music in there, but it's more like me trying to help do something big for the city by allowing them to use the name. It's like we're in the same circle, but they're their own entity, you know what I mean?
2: I I got got, you. No, I'm glad you said that because. From my perspective, I thought it was about you. I thought it was, yeah. you know, I'm telling you because of, of the name Columbia. I thought it was all you. I thought you were on directing what, what, and producing and, and, and everything. No, I thought uh, it was all about you, honestly.
1: No, uh, I'll I tell you, uh, most of my professional career, I've been Devin Patrick.
2: Mm-hmm, of course. And
1: I, I changed my name to King Columbia. Well, Devin Patrick, Patrick's my middle name, but I also saw, I felt it sounded more professional as a mm-hmm. rapper And a manager. My manager is Devin Patrick. But I changed my name to King Columbia for two reasons. And yesterday, actually, or the day before was the anniversary of the Texas massacre where this dude named Devin Patrick Kelly shot like nine people in a church or 12 people in a Mm -hmm. church in Texas. Mm -hmm. But the, the news did not report Devin Patrick Kelly. They only reported Devin Patrick. So my Facebook was getting hit. Really? I got a, I got a, I got a viral video, 26,000 plays in the hour of me saying, I'm not the Texas shooter. I live in South Carolina. <laughs> I, so that right there. But when I dropped the Columbia anthem yeah, back in 2013 or 14, everybody in the city tried to steal that name and use it. So I mm-hmm. trademarked it. So yeah. I still go through. And if you use that name, I will have it pulled down the best bet. And this ain't me trying to like take from the city or nothing like that, because I've been using this name since 98 now and I legally own it. You can hit me up for a lease or you can hit me up for a purchase to use it for an extended period of time. So if you want to name your song Columbia or if you want to, like, you know, I'm not going to budge on no merchandise or nothing like that unless right. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want to be a villain in the city. I gave the city its name and then people like don't like the fact that like a, a white boy owns it or whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. I mm-hmm. legally own it. And if you use it, I will shut you down. Your best bet is to DM me, here's my project, here's my idea, you own the name, how can we make this happen? Because I'm not a hard person to communicate with. I'm right. not a hard, but I don't care if you're from the hood and you never even spoke to a white person before and your older brother that traps calls it Columbia and you want to make a song called Columbia. If you're putting it on digital platforms and you're selling it or making t-shirts, I am going to shut you down. Right, right, right. I own it. I own it. Natalak right. owns the trademark Natalak. <laughs> There's, there's right. a female lactating breast milk thing called Natalac. <laughs> Guess what? He about damn shut them down too. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's not it's not it's not that I don't want my city to embrace the name or like people to not use it. But there's a right and wrong way to go about it. If you want to use the name Columbia, I'm not gonna stop you. But come to me and let's make it make sense. We can do it together. I might could help you further it. You know what I mean with my yeah. with my business connections and my business savvy then. Like you just putting the song up there now, you just irritated me, and I had it ripped down. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You. I, I got
2: I, I appreciate your clarification on that. I really do.
1: In my phone, I have the numbers and emails to every major distribution company, from DistroKid to TuneCore to mm-hmm. Orchard to Sony, yeah. and I will have the song ripped down. I'll have it ripped down from YouTube, and I don't. I don't want to be that person. But the best bet, if you're from Colombia, and I had to have this fight. Even in Washington, D.C., D. they got District of Columbia. I had to get that crap pulled down. And at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to be the villain. Like, if you're from the city and you want to use it, just go through the proper channels. Like, okay, this man owns it. I want to use it. I got a song called Columbia. Let me reach out to him and see how can I put him, you know, some some things don't have to be financial. Right like like the the relationship i worked out with big Pod, like shoot some music videos for me Mm -hmm. allow me to appear in the show and allow me to do the graphics and put my music in the show and it was a a trade and like they grew and i grew but uh if you a random rapper and you do something columbia it's gonna get ripped down you can come dm me (laughs) you come dm me and we work. you know but you know each person like i work with their budget like i ain't trying to be like a villain or nothing like that but like say say somebody's using the name of your band bro and you have Mm -hmm. a trademark right what you what you gonna do no indeed
2: indeed. no i'll show you one hundred percent. i got you and i understand it clearly i uh, i hate that i came up
1: me me and my homeboy west came up with this and i hate that it's so popular that everybody wants it i mean but i mean the paper says what the paper says go yeah. up go, go to uh go on google type in trademark test t-e-s-s search and type in columbia my white ass name gonna pop up on there. It's gonna say <laughs> Devin Patrick, owner of this. In you since 1998. Like I'm
3: just being real. Like we, um, we can
1: say you never heard, you can we can say we you never heard of me before, but uh, I've had that name,
2: Columbia. You can go back to my MySpace and see it, bro. and it's all love. So so let's 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 go back into the music. And so being from South Carolina, and and yeah. as we know there's a lot of dope artists from here. What do you think yeah. has been the what has hampered them from really getting to that next level? you probably kind of touched on it a little bit but what do you think it is man is it just they don't they don't have that um that drive or what, what do you think it is i
1: mean your, your you know, opinion. this this might make a lot of people mad but i told you from the get i'm very blunt mm-hmm. when when little rue first got to deal with Def jam and they asked him in an interview why is nobody from south carolina on your album He said nobody could rock with him on a major commercial way that he could. And everybody got mad and it was backlash. What he could have did was let Headhunter and his team go on tour and open with him when he did stuff with Rick Ross and Lil Wayne and all Mm that. But at the time, I actually felt he was correct. I'm like, I know everybody in hip hop in South Carolina that's moving. And the closest thing to being as big as Little Rue was Dave on at the time. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had that wreck and then wasn't active. But right. Uh, right. And like he and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I felt at that time, Little Rue was absolutely correct because he had a sound that was like no other
3: right.
1: in South Carolina. So would, would Collar Green or Mr. Flip be good on 21 and up? Maybe so. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like that... What people don't understand is when you sign to a label, you don't have all this control that you think you have. And so you hate the man for not putting people on the album, but that album flopped. Right. Not any disrespect that's, to him. That's one of the worst selling Def Jam albums of all time. Now there's a ton of songs on there I like that other people don't like, but I think the biggest mistake is they tried to take the nasty song and replicate it with 20 tracks wow. when they should have let him just be himself and be the crunk rude that we always knew mm-hmm. and have a couple singing songs. But then they try to market it to like kids. Like they had like little teeny bopper songs on there, like Patisha little mama, a little girl and her friends. Like it's like you think parents are really gonna let someone buy an album called 21 and Up and the name, the top song is Nasty Song and it's about <laughs> put the pussy. I think that they marketed it, they marketed it wrong. But yeah. for little rude, I would say I think he should have worked with other celebrities and other majors more. I think he would have advanced more.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: then with people here, they they stay here and they they outgrow their city. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. Mr. F- Mr. Flip, mm-hmm. and I've I've done the distribution for Little Rue at one time and Mr. Flip, and I could tell you he still makes bank off of that, you damn right. Right. I, I've seen it. I helped him run his distribution. And I can tell you, maybe staying in South Carolina dampened that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. w- once you take over your city and take over your state, let's go to Georgia now. That's let's right. go to North Carolina. Let's yeah. go to Florida. And uh, really what I try to do with Rennie Rucci, because I feel like she's blowing up and she's like the next wave. Mm-hmm. Um, I got two songs with her. The one that's out, the Jamundi, the soundtrack song, and it's more of a poppy commercial And then I got another song called High Class, which I can't really get into much, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to bring her into the white crowd a little bit. It's a club song. But what I feel like a lot of people from South Carolina that make it or get big, there's a lot of like hood rappers. But what you Mm got to realize, statistically, white people buy the most rap music. That's true. And statistically, it's 11 to 14 year old white females Mm
3: -hmm.
1: in middle school to high school, white females. And if all you're making is trap music or dope music, they can't relate can't, to that. So they're right. not that's so right. if you really wanna make it out the market in South Carolina, like look at little John. Some of Little John's earlier records like weren't that great, but when he did to the window, to the yeah, wall, yeah. to the sweat drop, you know, yeah. but like all the white girls were singing that and dancing <laughs> yeah, that, you know, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I want I wanna see Rennie do some stuff like that that's more like pop commercial but not change who she is I think people get kind of stuck into a bracket Mm -hmm. and they you know where they should expand in different lanes and stuff like that you know what I mean Like, look at Cardi B Cardi B was super ratchet when she first came out and then she's making songs that you wouldn't expect her to make 10 years ago you know what I mean 5 years ago
2: the right people around you man and and again it takes that team and other people's vision of what it can be you know, to oh, take yeah, it to yeah. another level, man, that's real talk. That's Gucci
1: indeed. Man says that uh, his best records are his mixtapes because he was comfortable with his team. Right. But his albums, the label assigned him to a studio, the label signed him to a producer. Mm-hmm. And not that they didn't do good work. It's just there wasn't that chemistry or connection with the person. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm not knocking nobody that I mentioned. I'm just saying, like, maybe offering some advice. Like, I got Mr. Flip to do a, a hook on a country rap record. Like, my Tennessee artist, we're going the Yellow Wolf route with him, and mm-hmm. I got Mr. Flip to do a hook called Dirt Road, and he's singing in, like, a his gritty voice, but with a southern twang to it. And afterwards, he was like, you know what? I did really good at this. I might do more yeah. of these, like, country rap songs. I'm like, bro, it's your voice. You from Ridgeway. That is right. country South yeah. Carolina. Like, yes. you know, at the end of the day, I think you if you stay in the same place too long, you're going to get stuck. So like, you got to switch it up at some point. Don't, you know, I think like kind of going back to hammer, I think hammer really flopped not off of no bankruptcy hammer flopped. Really when he left capital and went to giant and Jeff mm-hmm. and death, uh, oh, not death, uh, death row, because right. he tried to in 93, he changed his image to he more. gangster. Yeah. 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 Now, now that that record was executively produced by Suge and Dogtown Gang. People don't know mm-hmm. that because that was his intro to "Sign right. to Death Row. Right. But I think when you change your core fan base, that late in the game, you're going to lose some fans. You know what I mean? It's so like when I bring up Vanilla Ice, I'm like, yo, he's got a lot of dope records. All they remember is Ice Ice Baby, but then he went rock for a moment mm-hmm. and then went back to rap. If you listen to, like, Platinum Underground, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker really spitting. Vanilla yeah. Ice got some bars. Like, right. he's dope the public ain't want to hear yes, that because they only be associate they, they associate him with dance rap and fun music you know That's what right. i mean That's so uh i think with south carolina is competing with each other mm-hmm. i have a lot of that like with other white rappers we could do some work together but they all want to be the Eminem of FC and they want to compete with me but like it just ain't gonna happen right. you know what i mean it just ain't gonna happen <laughs> but I, I i i see that with all artists though like they stay clicked up. And I think music should bring people together. Like, you know, and then, then you got songs that you do with people and then they don't promote it. Right. Because it's your because it's your song. Yes, You know. <laughs> I tried to I try to prevent that with Columbia. If you look at the original graphic for Columbia, mm-hmm. it said Devin Patrick or King Columbia, Columbia starring da 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 da. da yeah. I moved my name down there starring King Columbia. Da, da, da. I moved my name down there with them. That way it looked like a song for everybody. And right. still only certain people promote, promoted the song. And I'm like, I, like you don't got to put no money behind it. That's my job because it's my record. But at right. the same time, like, if we working together, don't let it just be about the money or about some studio time or whatever trade we got going. I want it to be beneficial. And I, I feel like a lot of SC artists, they do collaborate or they don't collaborate enough, but then one or none promote it. You know, right. I, I don't right. believe in and maybe maybe this works for the younger artists. I don't believe in throwing a new song out every week. Mm-hmm. People say I need to stay consistent. I throw an album out every year, almost every two years, really. And it's paying my bills. So how are you gonna tell me how to do my music? Right. Like we are in an age of singles, mm-hmm. but and I'm doing the singles, but I put them together as an album. But how are you gonna tell me that I'm doing what I'm doing is wrong? I I need to do singles when this house this studio my brand new yukon denali all off music money you know what right. i mean like yes. i mean i really feel like i should be a blueprint independently for a lot of artists to like follow not compete with and i feel like a lot of artists stray from me from sometimes i don't know if they intimidated or like but i'm like really working with me even if you don't even think i'm you, you can think i'm a whack artist working with me is going to benefit you on some publishing, on some royalties or something, because I'm going to make sure the paperwork's done right. And then, yeah. you know, look at the connections I have, because then, like, you should want to get into my fan base. Even if you don't like me, work with me. And I think that's the same with other artists. They don't work with each other because they clicked up or their side of the hood doesn't like that side and that person's over there yeah. and stuff. There's certain people that I really feel like should have blown a long time ago, bro. This I can name off tons of SC legends that I feel yeah. like had it. And... um. They were going to SoundCloud, Reverb Nation mixtape route. And I'm like, y'all need to be putting this stuff on Spotify, Amazon. Y'all need to be doing uh, Apple Music, all this stuff. I was on that distribution stuff early, bro. Like, I never wanted to. I, I got a page on every platform, even Reverb Nation, SoundCloud to this day, yeah. but I only put like four or five songs on there. I make them, uh, I force them to go to my Spotify or my Apple Music or my Pandora. Or I sell directly off my website and stuff. And I, that's another thing, like, artists don't have websites. Artists artists don't even match their social media names. Like, you're at, not your name, but your at handle. I'm yeah. at KingColumbia on everything, whether it's right. Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, Instagram. There's no reason not to find me. I'll see little so-and-so Facebook. Little so-and-so one, two, three, four on Instagram. Little so-and-so rap on YouTube. Little so-and-so music.com. Like, no, all that should be, I'm kingcolumbia.com and I'm at kingcolumbia on everything. Why do you have a different name on every social media platform?
3: Right.
1: You, you making it harder for the consumer to find you.
2: Hey, man, listen. I'm with you. You you have given so much. We're we, we going we to edit there, man. <laughs> can, yeah. Listen. I'm going to tell you, man, you got so much. You got to come back and we got to probably focus on one thing. Maybe if it's just business or whatever (laughs)
1: like that. (laughs) You know what? Hey, I, I, I use these interviews, man. And if you notice this, like, I'll talk about myself and what I got going on, but I really want to see more people learn the business. So I try to really emphasize that because I can promote myself on my own platform. But when I get on here talking about things and history and stuff, I think really I stress you got to do this. Get your paperwork, do your splits, or get on distribution, or do this or do that. Because there's, I messed up. I even going to college, I messed up. I didn't know how to do sound exchange or sound scan. And, you know, I didn't know how to do my publishing in the first, I just started doing publishing like the last two or three years. And I've been on distribution since like 2014 or so. So, like, there's things that I had to learn late that I'm trying to say y'all should do now and if you're putting all this money in the studio tom graphics uh, music videos are expensive they're 500 to two thousand or whatever like if you're spending that kind of money on stuff why are you not wanting to make money back yeah so if you do your paperwork right and you understand the music business like i said if my ass can do it everybody can do it because i mean it ain't that... It's hard, but it ain't that hard. Once you get an understanding of it, like it's just copy and paste every... every, You know what I mean?
2: Well, yeah, man. So all of, all of it is just crazy interesting you're giving so much yeah. great information. So so, talk about the website a little bit more, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. Talk about the website.
1: Yeah. Um, I still think in today's time, artists don't really uh, want or think they need a website, but I'm telling you from like a label perspective and like even getting verified getting my blue celebrity check badges that website has helped so much Mm. and it also helps boost your stuff like on google and stuff like that so actually i have two websites uh well i have multiple websites but i have like for each one i have two i have the actual website like kingcolumbia.com but then i'll make all links where i'll have my website my store and then i'll have all the stream sites the store sites then i'll have the fan sites uh under it like genius where you can look at the song lyrics or like imdb like my movie credits or all that stuff like so i have like my actual website then i have my all links that i'll show that has the website the official store where they can get the merch and then they have all the links on the platforms in one spot and i've been putting a qr code on the back of cds or i've been putting them on flyers and stuff and um i kind of got onto that early so like you make all these links put it on the qr code put them on stickers, slap them to light poles and light poles downtown. Oh, this artwork looks cool. I keep seeing this guy. Let me scan it with my phone and just check him out and stuff. So I feel like artists need to really get into that. We're still, when you ask me why South Carolina hadn't really made it, we're still in a process of artists putting the music out the same way. Mm. They're uploading it to Facebook. They're uploading it to SoundCloud. They're uploading it to YouTube. They're uploading. I know some dope rappers. have come through my studio for five six seven years Mm -hmm. and they still are not on digital platforms they're just Mm -hmm. uploading they're they're recording doing music videos and throwing on youtube well what about the youtube money like what about you know every time i do a music video or something like that i upload it to my facebook music page and i upload it to my um youtube you know what i mean because some people aren't going to click that link and migrate from facebook over to youtube YouTube and stuff like that and that's probably like the most boring part of being an artist. Either you do it yourself or you pay somebody because I wake up every morning. I wake up early. I wake up probably about seven o'clock and I lay in bed to almost nine. And I'm going through posting the same post on all social media. I'll do yes. my Instagram, Facebook, yes. and then I'll move it over to my Twitter. Or uh, Tumblr or whatever other apps I'm on, and it gets just repetitive. It gets tiring posting the same picture yeah. with the same hashtags. Right. But you know what? That's that's what keeps me going and stuff like that. Like you got to make that time. A lot of people don't want to get out of the bed in the morning. <laughs> Do it when you first wake up. Grab your phone. I don't post. And another thing is, I don't really post when I'm out places because the bigger I get, I just. I'll wait till I'm gone and then I'll post and tag right, that I right. was there. You gotta be careful like but, that. Yeah. Or i Facebook even has it now where you can post Schedule. and you can backdate you you can well you can backdate it to mm-hmm. yesterday at seven o'clock PM and stuff like that. I mean, I don't see the excuses for artists because you can do it when you wake up or you can do it when you lay down in the bed. You can do it when you're using the bathroom. I mean you, you gotta One, there's no excuse not to have a phone. Like sit down and promote yourself and make it match. Like yeah. I see a lot of artists change their display pictures a lot. Mm-hmm. Go look at go look at your favorite artist. Their display ba- banner and their display picture don't change. It's mm-hmm. the same picture on Instagram as it is on Facebook as it is wow. on Twitter, and it's really their display picture is a up close picture of their face, mm-hmm. and then their banner is is a photography shot of them with their links or whatever they're promoting at the time. Right. But artists get in the habit of wanting to change their. Di- I had to break my artist that habit. Mm -hmm. Every time they take a new picture and a new outfit, they want to change their display picture. Right. Well, you're confusing the if my okay. so on Instagram, it's the uh the painted picture of me that the airbrushed picture of me Mm -hmm. from the freaky cover with three six mafia. Like when you go to all social media, it's that same picture. So it gets branded in your head before you even see the name. That's King Columbia comment or that's his page. You know what I mean? Or when you search me, like stop changing. I only change my display picture and my banner when I go into the next
3: project. Gotcha. I got you. So,
1: it's like, there's just branding things I feel like South Carolina lacks. And then I feel like, whew, one thing that just, like, <laughs> ir- that, this, this irritates me, man. Like, I see a lot of artists studio hop. That is not a good thing. Mm. Um, I can't get in today. I'm going to this studio. That's not good because your sound is
3: different, different on
1: every track. Yeah, You know what? I, I tell people when they record with me, your first session is your worst session because it's us getting to know each other. The longer you, and it might not work the first three times. You Mm -hmm. might be unhappy, I might be unhappy, but the longer you stay with that engineer, the more they learn you and your sound and the more you create a sound with them. If you're hopping from Quantum to V12, the Strawberry Skies to the Jam Room to Columbia Studio, like, or whoever's out there now, I don't know all the studios out, but if you're hopping, I'm not saying don't do business with them. I'm saying, like, pick where you like and that engineer and stay with that person and create a a sound with them. I I think that's another problem in South Carolina is when I listen to stuff. Track one and track two are not the same level. Track one sounds like it was recorded in a closet. Track two sounds professional. Track three sounds like a mediocre studio. Like, stick with one person. It's it's okay to not have good quality. If you cannot afford a good studio, that is perfectly okay. Because if you do the whole album like that, mm-hmm. to the That's consumer, the <laughs> their ear is trained to like, it's supposed to sound like this, right. you know what I mean? Indeed. So, But when you're flipping around and doing all this and that, like the times that I have paid for somebody to remaster something, I said keep it as close to my mix as you can. Mm-hmm. I'm just having some problem. I'm more of like a compression person, which is like a black art. It's mm-hmm. hard to really master compression. Whereas some of my weak points is EQing. Mm-hmm. I know how to do my voice and the people I work with regularly. But when, sometimes when I get somebody with a raspier voice or a deeper voice, I have to retrain my EQ. And if I don't feel comfortable in it, I'll hit a colleague up. I'm like, hey, gotcha. you need some graphics. I'm, I'm going to send you this session. You fix this for me. Send it back, and then I'll do whatever you need me to do. So like, yeah. I have a network of people. And I think artists need that too, not necessarily with studio stuff, but like street teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe physical merchandise is a thing, physical flyers and posters. I go downtown in my own city and I only see my posters and others, like a couple of, like you should be out there. If you can sit on your butt and play Xbox, or you can be in the club <laughs> buying bottles, or you can go buy a bag of weed and sit at home. Or you can be in the studio with your homeboys. Like dude, or, you, or if you go downtown to get some drinks, every time I go out somewhere, I take a stack of flyers and posters with me. Yeah. With, yeah every, everywhere we go, we promote, you know, like, I'm telling you, there's stickers and flyers I still see from three, four years ago. They're starting to fade. I'm like, dang, like, you know, still don't just, I do Facebook and Instagram ads and stuff, but pay for some damn flyers. They're not that expensive. Like, I can tell you websites that do posters, like 11 by 17 and like four by six flyers. Uh Like, you know, the amount of money you put into your project, you should put double the amount into promotion. That's right. I feel like, and and it's not going to be a a profitable game at first. It took me a long time. It took me struggling the first three years of going like independent. Like I don't have a day job. It took me the first three years struggling, like damn near broke. How am I going to feed myself? Like, you know, there's still times today, like I'm, I would be prepared to eat Roman noodles and water every day. If I needed to pay for this, Wow. to get this and i don't think a lot of artists have that mindset they can't not buy that bag of weed or buy that <laughs> bottle of liquor or go out with this girl or like you know oh if there's something girl. if there's something i want i will live even yeah. though i have all this stuff i will live broke to reserve that for what i want i feel
2: you man I feel yeah. it's how much do you want it and, and yeah I, a lot of people A lot of people don't get it man a lot of people are spoiled a lot of people are uh they think things are supposed to be given to them. man it doesn't uh, work that way man i'm gonna swirl
1: around they get a little view of the studio in here and stuff and like i said if i can do this independently no sponsorships no nothing everybody else can do it i I believe that every artist can do this and you know just learn the music business man like it's not it's hard, it's hard, but it's not as hard as you think it is, and I got a, I got a folder on my laptop with PDF contracts that I've already pre-did years ago, all I gotta mm-hmm. do is update the date on it, or maybe update one little clause in there, and stuff like right. that per yeah. thing, but um, the, the other thing I would, I would really like to stress on, and we could leave people with this, you got to get a team you can trust,
3: mm-hmm. and you
1: don't compete, don't compete, like, you know, look at, Tupac and Snoop Dogg. Right. It was probably really hard for Snoop Dogg to accept Tupac. Yeah. He was number one. Number one, that's right. And then he gets bailed out of jail by his boss and he goes to number two. Yeah, yeah. The fans choose out the group or the label who they want.
3: Yeah. The yeah.
1: fans choose. And sometimes actually they've always chose me out of my label
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I've had some rappers that probably could outwrap me and they don't understand that, but it's like It's not that they're choosing me because they think I'm better. It's the work ethic and they see me more and I'm actually doing the work. Again, it's not the 90s. It's not you got the dopest bars on the block, so we're giving you a deal. Like, get you a team you can trust. If you and your manager are clashing, it ain't going to work. If you and your production team are clashing, it ain't going to work. If you and your street team, if they're just going downtown and getting drunk, I've had to get on to my artists. We're at music awards, we're at events. And I don't know if they're about to call my name or not, but I need them to hold the camera and they're outside smoking and they're still talking. (laughs) I'm like, you can't be doing this. You know, I can tell you every celebrity I work with, they might have a drink or two with me before the show. I've even had people like Pastor Troy tell me, no, I'm not drinking until after the show's over.
2: Because
1: you've got to, you you know, I've had that problem. I've been so drunk that I've been sloppy on stage. I'm like, never again. We're not putting this footage up, but it's all trial and error. And some people believe if i hit this blunt or if i take this shot i'm gonna be in a better mindset and i'm like you know what and this sounds crazy i've had more artists mess up recording being high off weed than alcohol alcohol Mm -hmm. they get too drunk they're slurring and it's done but with weed i guess they think everything sounds good yeah we're we're taking more than one hour on one song when they're high on weed and it's like I get it. Maybe smoke before you drive over here. If that's that's your thing, that way you can kind of mellow out before you get here. But honestly, you need to be mentally good to where you can do it if you don't have nothing around.
0: Right.
1: If there's cats in jail sneaking in cell phones and having music videos, they're shooting and it's in the millions and they're getting paid for it. Inmates doing this. And why can't your ass in South Carolina, West Columbia, Lexington, Columbia, yeah. where at Charleston, wherever. Why can't you do it? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they got all the time in the world that they research. I've had people hit me up from jail. When well, you mastered this song, I recorded it off a cell phone. I'm like, I've never had a request like this. <laughs> I've never had a request. I'm not gonna turn it down. I, I mean, like, I can't promise you it's gonna sound like some A grade studio quality, but I can right. give you better quality than what you have. But it, it's crazy to me that you know, like, somebody in jail got the more drive to want to learn the business than somebody that's free booking studio time
3: yeah
1: and they just throwing it up on facebook it's crazy to me because it's so easy now like i said earlier remember when youtube first came out in the early 2000s you had to be big you had to be big to get on youtube you couldn't even you didn't you didn't even have an account with youtube you just went on there and you could just search things but uh Mm -hmm. like there's so many tutorials and people like the stuff that we're talking about now you you know sometimes is that- i tell artists like did you even try to look this up before you even ask me not that i don't mind answering the question you know right. maybe i come up as an asshole sometimes but it's like how do you think i found out either i learned in college or i just went on google or youtube and looked like or like i feel like there's a laziness within the music community
3: right like, there's nothing <laughs> yeah, wrong with yeah. asking
1: questions yeah. there's nothing wrong with asking questions i hey i i try to stop and answer anybody that dms me like i'm mm-hmm. I, i'm not to where i'm not accessible and stuff but it kind of shows me like what I want to work with you if you didn't take the time to look it up yourself. like You know what I mean? Like yeah. Managers don't want to babysit artists. And unfortunately, it's kind of come to that in South Carolina where I see a lot of artists get babysitted by their manager.
2: It's real talk, man. It's real I
1: can I can give you the tools. I can't put you on. I've had artists I've dropped say, I thought you were going to put me on. I thought you were going to get me where you're at.
2: I gave you everything.
1: You didn't pay <laughs> for the studio time. Yeah. You either got the celebrity features for free or for a fraction of the cost or you got some of the best graphics better than everybody else in what? your community
3: what?
1: how are you not selling or how are you not i've had artists that live in charleston i've had artists that live in jacksonville florida and we drop in july why are you not going to the boardwalk approaching people walking back to their car hey i'm an independent artist would you like to buy my CD for five or ten dollars or whatever? Like, right. you know how many people like in Jacksonville or Charleston that are going to the beach or going down the Real strip? Time. Yeah, there it's a better community like mass than right here where we stay. Like, yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they don't. It's like it's like they like recording the music, but they don't have the uh, work, work ethic. They they don't. I think they're yeah. They don't have the work ethic. But what's the word I'm looking for? They don't have the confidence to approach somebody and say, "This is my CD." would you buy it gotta believe you know in yourself, there, man. yeah there there has been people that have bought cds off of me that says you know what i don't even like rap music but yeah. the fact that you're not out here trying to sell dope and the or the, or the fact that you're trying to do something positive
3: what right.
1: i'm gonna buy your product for you
3: it's
1: a big i mean but you, it's all about how you approach people you got to be likable and you got to be able to be a salesperson and walk up and strike a conversation you're probably gonna get told no if you get told no still hand them a flyer or something like that and be like, hey. I hope you like change your mind and just give it a give it a chance to listen. You know what I mean. So there's so many things that artists could do that they just don't do, and I just want to see that change. And it, it's easy. I mean, go on Google and look up how how to make it as a musician. I guarantee there'll be a search on there that everything I that <laughs> said, said everything I said on here. You know what I mean.
2: Well, yo man, it's it's been a pleasure, a pure pleasure. Yes, a on that note, it's been a pure pleasure man, awesome. to have this conversation with you. I'm definitely honored. So and
1: I hope I hope the listeners got
2: something from
1: it, you know. Oh, there's no
2: doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. So <laughs> no doubt. So so is there anything that you want to give uh, like all your social media stuff? Uh give all that information, man, so people can get with you if they need to, you know, if they want to holler at you, scream at you. If that's something you do. Yeah, the, the music stuff, like me as an artist is
1: kingcolumbia.com, K-I-N-G-K-I-L-L-U-M-B-I-A, and I'm at King Columbia on all social media. recording studio is columbia studio.com and at columbia studio on everything the graphics is columbia gfx short for graphics gfx.com and it's at columbia gfx on all social media so like you ain't gotta type in different names i'm everywhere and it should be easy i mean i'm not gonna sit here and answer a hundred questions for people i mean they might be a little consultation thing but if you got a question or two i'll try to make time out my day to help any artist that approaches me and stuff like that and definitely like if you want to upgrade your sound or upgrade your artwork hit me up i feel like for who i'm doing artwork for i feel like i'm
2: very affordable in
1: south carolina
2: indeed young man once again i'm honored to have you man this has been one of the the great one. There's no doubt about it. I've enjoyed oh, yes every sir. single second of it, and no, I'm, I'm glad it. you had. We we we've been talking for a long, long yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just glad many you years. took the time out your busy schedule, man. To, uh, yeah. hang out with me for a little bit man. a little bit man i really appreciate it well day, i got a,
1: i got a couple of artists under my um label man and hopefully you know you might have a show in the future i can get one of my artists on and like you know they can kind of speak from a different music genre perspective or something.
2: And, and, indeed and you know i've got some some things going on too we'll talk right most definitely oh yeah yes indeed so ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen once again you know who it is it's the big guy with the bigger show, I'm changing it up. I used to say small show, but now nah, I had some of my people like, nah, 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 you, you're on another level. You, you're moving on up. So it's the big guy with the bigger show. It is yours truly, the Lord. Nelson, that is, from the podcast Live and Live with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Royals Entertainment. And my super special guest, King Columbia. Yeah. Let's clap down I'm like still, still going
3: to call it the King
2: of King, Lord of Lords
3: edition. Hey, so that's, that's, that's what I'm going to
2: name the King of King, Lords of Lords episode. That's what we going to
1: do. <laughs> that's, only, that's only right because our names are like similar. Yep. Yes,
2: indeed. Most definitely, we're going to do that, man. So I appreciate yep. it, man. Thank you so much for being here, bro. Well, thank you for having me, man. <laughs>
0: told you before. We told not How many wanna die? Nobody won't war with me. How many wanna ride? We deep off in these the streets. You can
1: Talk to talk, we walk the walk, only grunty mouth online. But face to face, you a bitch asshole, you ain't even got no spine. You can never know my shine. Bang, 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 bang with my nine. I'll spray you down and I'll lay you down and I'll go to bed just fine. I rep double H just down a dozen and we still
2: B-Boy gangster, so that's what's up. You're hard to the motherfucker on that website.
0: Up. You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is.